Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We have a fabulous installment with Yaffa Palti from Miami, Florida, and we are talking about kicking bad habits something that we all need to work on. There's a lot of food for thought here. So listen in and I can't wait to hear how you enjoyed this episode. Yaffa is a dear friend of mine, I think going back almost a decade, right? Because I met you at that Women in Kirov conference in Baltimore. Many, that many where we years met ago. the first time? I think so. I think so. Makes but sense. the cool thing is I've been hearing about Yaffa for many years before that. Yaffa's probably like four or five years older than me. And I kind of like walked in your footsteps for much of my journey. When you left Israel to go do your work in the diaspora, I filled your shoes in the seminary in Israel in Be'er Miriam. So for five years, all I heard was, oh my gosh, you're just like Yaffa, Yaffa this, Yaffa that. I'm like, who is this Yaffa? <laughs> so it's just when I met you, I was like, what an honor, what an honor. And I have flown Yaffa out here to Portland, I think two or maybe even three times. Three, I don't three remember. times. Yes, you were, everyone wanted you to come back. So it's been such an honor to get I to- I love my Portland you. friends. Came to one of our women's retreats here in Portland. But there's a topic that has been, so front and center in my mind. So today's topic is something that I'm assuming every single person has grappled with because sometimes we're doing great and sometimes we're kind of falling off. We're we're just like, we're holding on by a string. So Yafa, let's take it away. There's so much to discuss. Let's talk about habits. Let's talk about creating good habits and let's talk about holding on to them, maintaining them. And really let's get through this time period where we walk out of it and we're better off than when we started. Where should we start with? People think that a habit is just a behavior. It's really not. There are three steps to a habit. I'll tell you them quickly so that we understand what we're doing here. We have there's the cue, the routine, and the reward. So the cue, just very briefly, is the trigger. What is causing you to have a certain reaction? Then that reaction, which becomes an automatic behavior, is what we call the habit. That's the routine. You're doing that behavior as a response to the trigger, to the cue. Then you have the reward, which comes at the end, right? What are you gaining from this behavior? What's the gain? And this is how we understand an unhealthy habit versus a healthy habit. For example, it's 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, and you're ready for another meal because, you know, the night is beginning now. I don't know. You don't really want chicken and potatoes at 11 o'clock at night. You're kind of feeling like you need to unwind and stress and relax. So you reach for the ice cream because that's what the ice cream does to you and for you. You're reaching for the ice cream. This becomes a habit. Every night you start feeling that you reach for the ice cream. This becomes a habit. Why are we doing this? We're doing it because of the reward. We want it to help us feel a certain way. The ice cream calms me down or the ice cream makes me feel relaxed or whatever the feeling that you're looking for is, right? So when we want to 
create a healthier habit because we know that it's not good to sit and eat a pint of ice cream. Why do we only use the terminology of pint when it comes to ice cream? No one says, you know, I'll have a pint of pasta, like it's a pint of ice cream. But you know, you finish the whole container. That's a serving size, by the way, a container of ice cream. But no one knows that's not the best habit at midnight. So you want to change that habit. What's the reward? What's the ice cream doing for me? The ice cream is making me feel relaxed. Maybe I can have the same feeling if I go for a walk. Maybe the walk can calm me down. And if I can change something more positive based on what the reward is, then I'll turn that into a routine. It will become something, but you practice, you become an expert at. That's what becomes more natural to you. After a little while, again, the key, by the way, to habits is consistency. After being consistent with this, every time I feel that I'm in that queue, I'm feeling the end of my day. I need to wind down. I need to be stressed. I'm reaching for the ice cream. I say, no, no, no. Reach for the sneakers. You put them on. After a little while, you know what happens in your brain? Your brain automatically creates a correlation between feeling stressed, needing to wind down, and it reaches automatically for the sneakers instead of for the ice cream. It's all Kavana. I mean, yes. there have been times that I, I know that you and I, we both kind of fluctuated in weight, in diets and all of that through the decades. This is like our life, right? We're always up and down and up and down. I looked at the cheesecake and I gained three pounds. Seriously. Totally. Like I didn't even eat I it. Looked at, I, I looked at the pictures of your challah through the screen and I gained all the weight. And it really, really comes down to your mind. Like when you're strong yeah. in your head, you can do anything right? And I mean, there have been times in my life where I've gained a lot of weight and then really, really worked hard on losing that weight. Thank God with all of my pregnancies, I put on a lot of weight. I would say like 60 pounds with each pregnancy. And, and you're it, small. And I, right, I was so petite to begin with. Like imagine going from, I think I was a size two when I got married. And, you know, two years later, I'm expecting a 10 and a half pound baby, 60 pounds on me, on my little teeny frame. And it's very, very challenging. These ups and downs, what I've realized over the decades of struggling is that yeah. really it's all in your head. When you set your mind to it, you could do it but it has 100%. to start there. You could do anything. I also want to remind myself to talk about drinking. Yes. And I'm just going to drink. Being just hydrated. Being hydrated. Super, super important. Now, I feel like I am not qualified to talk about hydration because that's an area that I still have so much work to do in, but it's something that I'm conscious of constantly. And especially since I moved to Miami, mm -hmm. I'm always getting hydrated here. I mean, Baruch Hashem, and Hara, over the winter, it's been better. But last summer, every day, Every day I was dehydrated, lightheaded. I collapsed once in a pizza shop, right. you know, hydration is so important and our bodies, we have to refuel. I hydrate on wine. Why do you think I'm dehydrated? <laughs> <laughs> so hydration, okay, I bought myself this huge thing. My Instagram followers know, cause I, I show it on Instagram, it's huge. On Amazon, this like thermos thing where it tears you on. It has different encouraging remarks along the way. Like, you little girl, you got this, almost there, just a little more. And it's like really exciting to drink it. I love it. That's actually helped a lot. But the difference between the brain on hydration and the brain on dehydration wow. is astounding. Right. You know, uh, the clarity of your brain. 
when you're hydrated. Your mood, by the way, if you're feeling moody, irritable, if any of your children are feeling irritable, make sure they drank enough. It affects you in so many ways, not to mention it gives you clearer skin and you don't need Botox if you have water, you know? Hydration, super, super, super important. Amazing. Okay. So I feel like we touched upon a bunch of the physical things. Like we kind of touched upon physical, you know, movements, getting out and going for a walk, whatever it yes. talks about. What about the spiritual aspects of our life? I mean, with so much on our plate, you know, and our physical needs being so loud, right? Like just like <laughs> feed me, take care of me, exercise me, you know, we're very physical beings, but we're nishamas. We're a soul that's in this physical body going through this world. How do we nurture our spiritual sides? And I know it all kind of goes hand in hand, right? When we're taking care of ourselves, we're Absolutely. feeling good about ourselves. But what can we say about that? Well, first of all, I kept saying all along that as Jewish people who have the concept of Shabbat, I felt like we really have this blessing. It's such an incredible thing for us that we have two days of the week instead of everybody who just has one. You know, we have Shabbat and not Shabbat. We have at least that breakup in between the same old, same old, same old. Otherwise, it's just Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And when we had Pesach, I said, we're so blessed that we have... So many things that we can focus on, cleaning for Pesach, then having the holiday instead of it just being, again, this boring, same old, same old situation that we're in right now. So Shabbat, we shut off, we disconnect. It is not healthy that we spend so much time online, more today than ever. And we read about all the news and we just shut it off and we just sit. And even though we're all home together, by the way, many families are not spending time together because everyone's busy on their own device in their own room, doing their own thing. Maybe they come down for dinner together, a little bit of conflict, go back to your rooms. Shabbat, we come face to face with our families, face to face with our vulnerabilities. That's really what this is all about. We define ourselves by what we do. You know, that kind of is the identity that we develop by our jobs, by our husband's jobs. And now everybody's home, or most people, you know, are home. And who am I when I am not all those things? Who is my husband when he is not that person? You know, and we have to really say, who are my children when I'm really getting to know them, not just running after them to get into pajamas and do their homework. Who are they really? They're human beings with opinions, with likes, with dislikes, and get to know them. I've recommended to a lot of people to take a test with their children of the five love languages and get to know what are your children, for sure your spouse, but even if you have children, what are their love languages? I don't know if we always realize what they actually need from us. So this opportunity, you know, when we connect spiritually, it's also emotionally. Any emotional connection is a spiritual connection. Actually, the key, the first step in creating habits for yourself is to know what your core values are. What are my core values? Because only once I know what they are, do I know what's important enough for me right now. What's important? What do I want to create for myself in my life? Oh, I need to know who I am, what do I stand for, and where am I going in life? We have to be able to really sit with ourselves and figure out what are my core values? What are the things that are most important to me? What is my why, right? Like if I'm choosing to go to sleep, if I've been working on my sleep, which is what I've been working on, okay? If I've been working on sleeping more, I need to ask myself why. Why is this important? Really be able to get to the ultimate bottom why. Why do I want to go to sleep? Well, because then I'll have more energy. Okay, why do you need more energy? Well, because I need to do the things that I have to do in life. 
I have to take care of my family. Why is it important for you to take care of your family? Then I have to take care of my community. Why is it important for you to take care of your community? And I have to really dig deep to figure out till I get to the bottom, bottom, bottom. Well, because Hashem gave me this talents, but I need to use them in the right way. This is what I'm on this earth for. This is why I'm here. And as we go further and further and further, that's how we come up with our really greatest why. And then we understand, oh, if I don't sleep well, then I will not be able to achieve my mission in life. Wow. That's what it comes down to. You're taking like a physical, you know, sleep just seems so physical, but you're literally with the right intention with adding the kavanah you're elevating it to be a very spiritual, lofty goal of yours. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why nothing is separated. We do that with everything. Why are we drinking water? Why are we taking care of our bodies? Why, 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 why? It all comes to like this very higher lofty level of like, you want to serve God, your creator, your family, your people, your best. We need to understand that even the physical is spiritual. It's really all spiritual when we have our core values. That's why it's so important. Beautiful. So I want to share um, one of one of my new habits that I've been doing for, wow, almost a year and a half. I started writing in a journal. I had never done that my whole life. Not so my type to do. I just (laughs) wanted to like think big, put down goals. You know, we have dreams and then there's dreams and there's goals, right? And dreams are are really, well, is it goals? Goals are dreams with like a end date in mind. So instead of just having all these like lofty things that were never happening in my life, I wanted to write them down, make them more concrete. So I'm going to share with you. And what's really cool about these notebooks, I have three full notebooks that are bought by friends of mine. They say shine on. Different friends bought me them at different times. Isn't that cool? They just saw it and they're like, Eve, that is so you. And they're filled with beautiful dreams that I would love to make happen in my life. And it's just, this has been, this has been a very important habit of mine to take something and bring it down, like something lofty, something like totally up there, totally like absurd. If anyone would read this, I'd be super embarrassed because I think like some of it is like ridiculous. Like, who do I think I am? Like, I want to go and change the world. Like I'm just a little person, right? But it's actually been very, very helpful. So that's a habit that I've started really concretizing and and setting into motion in my life of writing, putting things down. You know, when you say things- Make it tangible. Yeah. Like when you say things, like when we pray, like, why do we have to say the words? Why don't we just think it? Because when we utter the words, it becomes a reality in the world. So it's very similar when we put down our dreams, pen onto paper, it really makes it something that is possible. Another thing that I learned actually from Rachel Hollis, who's this amazing motivational speaker in, in the world right now. She says that when you write your dreams, you should write them as if they've already happened. A friend of mine, Dr. Leah Katz, she had a dream to write a book. We sat in a group, one of our amazing groups in Portland, and she was describing it. She was telling us what she was wearing to her book signing. Right now, when she was telling us, it was just a dream, like for the future. But she had everything like in her mind down to the last detail. She told us what shoes she was wearing to her book signing of the book that had never been written before. But you know what? she's well on her way to making that dream happen because the more we could put details to it, the more reality it could become. It's not just this unconscious thing in our head. It's something that's concrete. 
So that's been something that I've been working on in my life. So Yafa, I want to end this. I want you to tell us like how to take this home. You said consistency. That was one of the keys that you spoke about. Yeah. And make sure it doesn't just fizzle away like so many of the other things. Like we have these New Year's resolutions and the most painful part is when we watch them kind of fizzle out and dissolve. Every year, all around the world, membership triples in the gyms, quadruples. But there is not one gym who has extra lockers because they know that in two weeks, no one's going to pull through. No one's going to carry through with the resolutions, right? It happens every year by New Year's. So why does that happen? Why do we get inspired and then the inspiration just leaks? How do we maintain, how do we endure these habits? The first thing is, as we were talking about, is consistency. It is super, super important to do these things every day, whatever, if you're choosing to go for a walk, if you're choosing to drink, if you're choosing to sleep better, you have to do it every day. We can't be wishy-washy about it. This is a really important point. We can't be wishy-washy. And we have to understand that the Torah teaches us, this is a, Rashi says this, who's one of the main commentaries on the Torah. He says, He says, all beginnings are hard. And the problem is that very often we don't let ourselves get past the hard stage before quitting. While it's difficult, we say, oh, forget it, forget it, I'm not doing it anymore. And what we need to understand is there is a scientific term called activation energy. Activation energy is something, the force, it is actually a very, very real force that you need to use in order to get out of autopilot, because this is how habits work, right? Our brain goes into autopilot. And it just does the behavior, the routine. That's what a habit actually is. So you want to change that somehow. You want to start waking up earlier. You want to start going walking instead of eating the ice cream. You want to make some change in your life. You got to use that force. You have to activate the energy. And that means you got to just get up and do it, even if you don't feel like it. Anything that you want in life, again, we were saying before, you have to have your core values. You have to know who you are, what you stand for, where you're going. Whatever you want in life, whoever you want to be, whatever direction you're going in, you want to be successful in whatever area, whatever vision you have for yourself, guess what? You are never going to feel like doing it. You're never going to feel like doing the thing you need to do get you there. So I want to talk about, we'll close off with, with these ideas that first of all, consistency, but the thing we need after the consistency is congruency. We need to have congruence between who we are and want to be, right? The vision we have for ourselves and the behaviors that we're taking to get there. You can sit here and write in your journal from today till tomorrow about all the things you want to do, right? And all the goals you have and all the visions you have for yourself. But is your calendar reflecting that? Is your lifestyle reflecting that? Are the choices that you make, are your habits reflecting that? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Not that we don't have goals. We all have goals. We all have dreams. We all have visions. Not a problem that we're not dreaming or ambitious. The problem is that we're not acting upon the dreams and the goal. We're not taking the steps. We're not congruent in our thoughts, beliefs. Let me jump in. I want to ask you a question. 
A very practical question. Let's say someone says, you know what? Sounds good. I want to journal. I want to get into better shape. I want to eat well. I want to sleep more. Sometimes when we take it all on, we lose it all. And when everything is important, then really nothing is important. So sometimes we need to prioritize. What would you say to that? I mean, what should we start with? I guess, how do we lead? Well, the idea is that we cannot take too many things on at once. This is exactly why we need to know what our core values are, because that's how we prioritize. Mm -hmm. So right now, I want to do everything, right? There's so many things I want to work on. I had to get down to what is my greatest why. And once you can figure out your greatest why, then you'll know what habit to take on. You can come up with an elevator pitch, okay? Which means however long it takes to get from here to the sixth floor, okay? You need to have 60 seconds of a way to explain who you are, where you're going, and how your actions are bringing you there. Why do you qualify to be that person? What are you going to do to get there? right? Once you know that, then you choose which is the habit I need to work on right now. This is, I like to call a keystone habit. Keystone habit is that one habit that's going to create a domino effect. Now, a keystone habit is different for different people. For example, for me, okay? I, I told you that I'm working on sleeping, but even before sleeping, I've actually been working on walking on this movement. Now, when I say walking, whatever, I put my sneakers on, cool, but like, I don't need sneakers. I don't walk that fast, even in my walks. Okay. It's usually when I also make a phone call, so can't be out of breath, but I walk, <laughs> I just get some movement in, you know? So for me, let's say I decided, this is going back a while ago, a couple years ago, I decided I was going to go walking every day. This was after trying, by the way, another point habits it has to be a habit that you really could enjoy not in the beginning it's going to be hard but something that you can actually enjoy like when I was looking for the right exercise to do I went to the gym I tried everything I tried every machine I tried Zumba classes I just didn't like it I was waiting for that moment that people talk about right sweet you're gonna love it no like I tried every machine my favorite machine it turns out my favorite machine of the gym was the vending machine. And I'm just like, no, this isn't going to work. You know? I said, I need to find what's going to work for me. And that's when I started walking. And I said, oh my gosh, I actually enjoy walking. That became my habit of choice, my exercise of choice. That's another issue, by the way. Have in mind, if you're always going to force yourself and you're always going to hate it, you might have to look for another option. Keep looking for something that you enjoy more. Finding fulfillment in what you're focusing on. Yes, find fulfillment. Right? If you're loving it, yes, keep going. That's amazing. You want to have joy and fulfillment in your life. A hundred percent. But you also have to remember that the beginning is going to be hard. Mm. And you can't be wishy-washy about it. When you mm. make that commitment, you have to just do it. And if you decide you're going to wake up early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, so it's easy to decide that the night before when you're setting your alarm, you're feeling all biggest hero. Look at me waking up at six, the alarm rings and you're like, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> you, that, you can't like change your mind then. You can't go back on your promise, right? That's not what you're being wishy-washy. You're like, I, what was I thinking? I don't, it doesn't matter what you were thinking. Get up and do it. That's the activation energy. You're never going to feel like doing the right thing. And it's a big problem because in our culture today, really there's a big emphasis on doing what feels good. And doing what feels good is very temporary, peak kind of satisfaction and pleasure. What, what, doing what is good, even if it might not feel good in the moment, that is what leads to long-term satisfaction and long-term pleasure, right? We can't wait for the moment to feel like waking up at six o'clock. It very often won't happen. 
But when you get up and you give yourself, I don't know, five seconds, step up and do it, right? That, that is when we actually are able to move forward and to do the thing we need to do. And then we, if we're consistent with it, it becomes that habit. So I just want to finish explaining about a keystone habit for one minute for those that were holding on to that idea. So for, so for example, for me, <clears throat> walking became my keystone habit. A keystone habit is something that when you change that habit, it's going to have a domino effect on so many other things in your life. Now, my keystone habit might not be yours, Eve. Because for you, as far as I know, you're always a dancer, right? You always identify a little bit somewhat as an athlete, right? You're a dancer, you're an exerciser, you know. I used to be an aerobics instructor. There we go. Okay, so Eve is somewhat an athlete, right? I never identified as an athlete in my life. It was never my thing. So for me, starting to walk became a keystone habit for me because it created a whole new identity for me. All of a sudden, whoa, I'm a person who walks. How does that work? Because now that I identify as a person who walks, a person who walks, well, they're not gonna eat all the french fries. They're gonna, they're gonna probably eat a salad instead, right? That's how a keystone habit works. For you, Eve, you might need a different keystone habit because if you start exercising more, you're not changing your identity. You're not changing your self-image. Right. So that's what a keystone habit is. You need to find that one thing that's going to be a chain reaction for you. That's going to allow all the other habits to kind of have this domino effect on them. I love it. Yeah. But you know, I once learned, do you remember Susan Kramer who lives in Denver, Colorado? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Susan taught me a wonderful tool that I've used many times. She taught this in regard to fundraising. Like it has nothing to do with this, but it fits here very well. She says this quote that when you do something for the right reasons, when you build something, one muscle, all boats rise. That's her quote, all boats rise. Really like if there's different organizations and everyone is kind of trying to like, you know, establish themselves. If you help each other, like the water will rise, everyone will rise. And I kind of feel that right now, what, you know, what we're talking about, just to close it up a little bit, we want to have the ripple effects. We want to have that we're working on one area in our life, but we're feeling so good that we're shining in many areas. We're getting up early to have the best day ever. And because of that, we're going to make good choices along the way. It's going to have spiritual effects, physical effects, emotional benefits. The ripple effects are going to be tremendous, right? So that's really what's going to rise. For sure, because once you start identifying as that person, like I'm someone who gets up early and gets things done. I'm someone who goes walking. I'm someone who eats well. Once you identify as that, you're also going to be a person who speaks respectfully to your children, who thinks before they respond to their husband, right? It's it's this ripple effect. And it's 100% true. I want to say one small thing, because this is so important. I think like without this, I don't think we could succeed. You have to celebrate your small victories. Celebrate your small successes. Every time you get up in the morning, inside my head, I'm always clapping. I'm always like, go Yafa, you got this, you know? (laughs) Give yourself a standing ovation, literally a standing ovation. Stand up, you know, get out of bed, right? Celebrate the small things. And they're not small, by the way. They're really not. They're much bigger than we think. Everything needs to be celebrated. We cheer ourselves on. When you, if you don't do it one day, if you fail one day, if you fall one day, you can't give up. You're like, okay, I fell today. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're a weak person. 
That means you're a human. Give yourself some grace, but you have to pick yourself back up. When you realize, again, this has to do with self-confidence. If you realize who you are and what you could accomplish and who you can be, you wouldn't want to stay down. You remind yourself, oh, wait, but the world is waiting for me. The world is waiting for my light. Why am I going to stay down here on the floor? I got to get up. I have things to do. That's how you get yourself back up by recognizing your strength and your power and who you are. Just keep celebrating. Where is that wine we were talking about, right? Pat yourself on the back. Just keep, keep at it. Yeah, keep getting back up. Thank you, Yafa. This was okay. so much fun. It was so great. And I just want to thank everyone for joining. Love you. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes. And to learn more about the work that we do at Inspire Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.